What is going on, everybody? Howard Bender here and Adam Ronis. Welcome to Anti Up. Oh, beautiful podcast here. Uh, you got Adam and I from uh, FantasyAlarm.com, DFSAlarm.com, and of course, PicksWise.com. You can find uh, uh, Adam's NBA work there. If, you, uh, if you're if you listening right now, we uh, on the last episode, uh, we ended up talking some ML and NBA betting here for the uh, uh, the playing games for the playoffs. And uh, Adam's got a PicksWise article out there that you guys should be checking out let's bring him in here what's up ronis how are you today uh doing well another day a lot of baseball nba playing games going on so good day i wish i could say it was as good of a day for me um because i was dealing with like my taxes and stuff and so i did not get and and then other work stuff so i I actually didn't even get to watch baseball during the day the most baseball i got to watch was like during the show during the fantasy alarm show, I was like, "Okay, I'll get it in this way." I hate when the world gets in the way of uh, me watching baseball. I might get super fucking grouchy. Yeah, especially when you have afternoon games and everything. Um, but you know, not not heavy afternoons. Only a few today, and uh, a lot going on right now as we record. Uh, and some uh, you know good performances so far from uh, Jesus Lazardo, Patrick Sandoval. You know, guys who especially Lazardo with his spring and the velocity being up, uh, it's translating as far. And uh, let's not forget uh, Tyler McGill of the Mets, uh, uh, four scoreless so far against the Phillies. Is that who we're going to see on Monday when we go to a game? We're going to end up with McGill on the mound? I think so. And uh, I'm I'm very happy about that. Really? Uh, dude, have you seen this guy pitch? Yeah, don't uh, you know what? Don't 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 give me your Mets propaganda here. It's not, dude. How would I give propaganda? I just told you I reprimanded Torres for freaking betting on the Mets to win the World Series. It's not propaganda. <laughs> the guy's velocity is up, and he's like hit ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, he's looked really good, man. So now I'm excited to to see him. He's a regular Jacob Degrom. I'm all in. <laughs> I don't even know who's on the mound for um for the Giants. I think it's um. Oh. Cobb is going today, so I don't know if he's lined up. Who's going today? Alex Cobb. Cobb. Oh, yeah. if it's Cobb, ugh. Why? Well, I, least... I love Alex Cobb this year. Jeez, another guy. I just don't. I just don't like. I don't like, and I get that he had a decent spring. I'm just. I'm not in on uh, on Alex Cobb. Like this, this is a guy who I just. Yeah, I. I can't. I just can't do it. I, I don't think he's anything more than just a, an average pitcher at best. Nah, I think his velocity's up. He's got a good splitter. And we've seen pitchers going to the Giants over the last couple of years, how they all do well. From Anthony DiSclefani to Alex Wood to Kevin Gossman. I mean, they all come over there and do well. It's a good park to pitch in. So, nah, I really like Alex Cobb this year a lot. All right. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'll be rooting against both of them while I'm at the Met game there. Uh, I will have to be rooting for them because I have McGill in a league and I have Alex Cobb in multiple leagues. <laughs> I don't have either one of them. I am going to be rooting for nothing but hitters. I got to figure out. I'm gonna have, maybe I'll, I'll make some more moves to uh, to get some uh, some more Mets and some more uh, more Giants into my lineup. <laughs> Just for that. Oh, man, I can't wait for that game. And uh, shout out to Red Rum, who, A, reminded me that I forgot to tweet the podcast out this morning. So kudos to you for tweeting that out, Adam. Thank you. 
Um, and then, uh, and shout out that, uh, that Leo doesn't listen to the pod because Adam uses all sorts of foul language and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Leo wouldn't last in the rain anyway. So we're going to end up with, uh, with some, some bad weather. In. Well, no, I, now you, you know how the weather changes drastically. So now all of a sudden from Monday, it's showing no rain, uh, 54, but at night it's probably going to be in the forties. So. Which I don't mind at all. That's that's nothing for me. In the 40s, I'll take that. Yeah, but if there's wind and it's worse there. Well, I'm sure that our good friend Adam got us uh, some phenomenal seats where we wouldn't even have to worry about the wind. Yeah, I'm sure about that. Right? He wouldn't yeah. dare put us up in the in the upper deck of City Field, would uh, he? No, no way. Okay. <laughs> Spending all his money on a trip to Denmark and giving us shitty seats. What the hell is that all about? I know. If you go to Denmark, you got to be balling, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So lots lots going on here because I have I have a billion questions. But I, I guess the, the, the real question is, is we should probably kind of address certain things for fantasy purposes that – people want to know as far as you know hot starts i oh, I, I, I guess brandon we Nimmo, get... home run oh congratulations mazel yeah. tov brandon... well, it didn't work out yesterday someone messaged me like damn i wish i would have heard you you were all happy when the mets were up for nothing i would have loved to hear you when they blew it oh my god yeah you know i almost texted you on that one too but then i was like ah, i'm not gonna poke the bear in the zoo um oh albert Pujols also hit his his first home run in 3,855 days. No. <laughs> as a as a cardinal in oh, Bush Stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was looking at righties in that game. Um, I did Goldschmidt over one and a half total bases. He's already 0 for one. Um, and I put Tyler O'Neill in the part of the order MLB Yahoo DFS video. Um, and I think O'Neill is one for one, right? Oh, yeah. Didn't he score on the home run too? He did. He did. Yeah. Okay. Three run so. jack. No, um, he, no, he didn't hit a three-run drag. It was a two-run shot for Arenado, solo. Oh, two-run shot for Arenado and a solo shot for Pools. Yeah. See, I told you, man, I haven't even been able to catch up on everything. I can say this though. Um, I was uh I was I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning and you know, getting the um you know the the daily roundup out and my best bets. And what what's on my best bets today? Um, how about the Cardinals on the run line, right? And the Cardinals over four and a half runs for the game. Yeah, that. Daniel Lynch, a lefty, all those righties. Yeah, definitely off to a great start. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. And not to mention the fact that the Kansas City bullpen was just, uh, I mean, that, <laughs> they've just been getting worked worked like Stamont and Barlow can't believe how many pitches these guys have thrown already. And, uh, and the bullpen's just getting yanked around. Now I do need Dakota Hudson to uh, snap out of it and, and stop giving up, you know, solo shots to Sal Perez Mazel Tov to him for hitting his first home run of the season. Um, But I need Dakota Hudson to, you know, settle down a little bit here uh, while these Cardinals bats, uh, chime in but that would be yeah. nice man three and oh last night if i can go uh you know at least two and one tonight i'm feeling i'm feeling good about that kind of a start 
Yeah, no doubt, especially with the volatility going on in baseball right now. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's crazy. How bad does Liam Hendricks look these days? Yeah, he did get the save today, but he gave up another run, put runners on base. So uh, not the ideal start uh, for Liam Hendricks, but at least he got you the save. <laughs> right. Small consolation. What comes with a 13-5 ERA? You get one save. Good job. Good, good job. But let's talk about some of the can – we, can we, let's hit some of the, the, the hot starts here because there's obviously there's – there's a ton of questions as to whether or not you actually, like, believe – in what a guy's doing. And I think, I think all conversations right now have to start with that question. Do you believe in Steve Kwan? I mean, it depends what your expectations are. I mean, this guy doesn't have power. So like, and he doesn't, and he doesn't have speed either. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's great that he's not striking out, walking, getting on base, hitting second. So that's great. But no, I mean, you might be looking at 10 to 12 home runs, five steals and a decent average. So if he hits second, I had Ozzy Ramirez that'll help his counting stats. But um, again, I'm not going crazy for this guy. The power is just not there. People are going bonkers for him right now. Yeah. I mean, take advantage then, Um, you know, if someone's going to overpay and it happens all the time, Uh, people see a hot start, like, Oh my God, this rookie's amazing. Um, I, I got him in one league. It was labor, two dollars instead of a hundred. I needed an outfielder, so hey, I hope he has a great week. And but I'm not counting on him long term to be productive. Right. Oh no, listen, I, I, that, and that's good. And I'm glad that you said that because I feel the same way, and I've said the same thing, and you just said that, and Jim Bowden said that as well. We're just talking about the player himself, you know. But this is that point of the season here already where. You know, I'm in the uh, I'm in the fantasy alarm discord uh, and people are just, you know, they're they're. Just so quick to act right now, you know, like, do I do I add Steve Kwan and drop Julio Rodriguez? Right. I'm like, ah. I mean, if, if I'm looking at the, the two players here, um, I'm, I'm much more interested in Rodriguez's upside than I am in Steve Kwan simply because. I don't think he's going to get on base as much as he is right now. There is no power. There is no speed. I mean, maybe if he gives you some batting average help and some runs scored, okay. But I would, I would much prefer, you know, but like people are sitting there and they're, they're like dropping quality, whether it's even just an upside play or it's actually just proven talent, they're dropping players too quickly off of these cold starts. And it's, I mean, it, it does get a little frustrating at times because I do feel like, you know, one of the things that happens to us as fantasy analysts is that we see it and say it every single year and we warn people off from it. And every year we have to repeat it over and over again still because people are still doing it. Yeah, I mean, it happens in every fantasy sport and it's going to continue to happen no matter how much. You dole out the advice. People are just uh, ready to pull the trigger. And look, sometimes you do have to act quick to pick up a player. Um, you kind of can't wait around. But at the same time, you can't just drop someone if they open the season one for 11. Um, there's a multitude of factors. It could be weather. It could be pitchers they face. Maybe they're not ready for the season. There's so many factors here. So you just have to be patient with 
some of the guys, unless you see something that's not right, like a pitcher's velocity is way down, you know, then it's different. But even then, it's one start, man. A lot of these guys are not stretched out. So um, you can't, you know, pick up every guy that's off to a good start and drop players who are struggling. You just can't do it. Well, for one thing, you know, just churning your roster like that just means that you're chasing yesterday's points, right? Like, I mean, guy has a hot, you know, has a hot week and then all of a sudden, all right, you're going to pick him up after he's, you know, what he's, he's been amazing for four games. You pick him up and then all of a sudden it's like, like Adam just said, you've got a, uh, some tough pitching matchups and all, and the dude's 0 for 16, right? So you, you picked him up just in time for him to go over and you probably just dropped somebody that you probably really shouldn't have dropped who could end up turning it around. I kind of made that, that, that joke earlier today when I said you, you pick up, you know, you, you pick up Steve Kwan uh, for what he's doing right now and you drop Julio Rodriguez. And the next thing you know, Kwan's hitting 123 over the next three weeks. And fucking Julio Rodriguez finally found his power stroke and just jacked four home runs in a week. Right. It's just it, the, the chasing there and the churning over of the rosters. It's so it's just so tough to to watch that happen. And, and, and it it is it, it definitely it does get frustrating because you're just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do. It's my job. Yeah. I mean, in a 10 team league, you you're more it's OK to do that a little bit more, to, you know, turning the roster because it's the deeper player pool. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a deeper format, uh, it's more difficult to do. And, you know, if you drafted a guy last week, you, you got to give him more than three games. Yeah, you do. In, in the in the in the same breath, too, it's like, you know, it, look at the look at the talent of the player himself. Right. You know, there's the. <laughs> Am I going to sit there? We were talking to somebody else today who called up, was asking about, you know, playing the matchups. We were talking about, you know, people making bad moves, bad drops, bad trades, stuff like that. This one dude calls up and he's like, you know, I make bad decisions every single week. And he's talking about, you know, looking at the back end of his outfield. And he's like, well, you know, I've got, you know, it was it was Mark Kana, um and and just two other just rando outfielders. Nothing nothing exciting about everything. Just imagine two outfielders uh, just like Mark Hanna, right? And, and and he was talking about playing the matchups and you know and sitting guys and back and forth. And I'm just like you you like at some point you got to learn to stop micromanaging your team to that extent. Even even if it's daily roster moves, right? If the guy goes you know one for three two games in a row. I'm going to leave him in there as opposed to the other guy who, you know, might have a better matchup, but I just don't think the player is as good. Right. And that's, I think, the micromanaging that that gets people in trouble and it causes them to drop players that they don't they shouldn't be dropping. Yeah, I mean, again, it depends on the circumstance. If you have a righty that crushes lefties and he's in there and. You know, you have another outfielder who's in the same tier and going against tough pitcher. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but yeah, ideally you'd like to have a setup where you have a regular lineup, uh, consistently. Yes, that is my preference. And that's kind of how I draft too. I mean, yes, there are always some circumstances where you end up with like a crummy outfielder or a crummy, you know, and, and, and you, and you deal with that and you're trying to upgrade, but 
Yeah, it's just it, it's tough for me. I guess that's kind of what it is for me. I'm not as deep a micromanager as some people are. You know, I, I feel like, you know, players, you know, like, you know, hot starts cool off, cold starts heat up, water finds its own level. And, you know, I, I would hate to, like, you know, sit a guy who, I you know, I think actually is a better player and then miss you know, like a, a strong week from him or a, a, a two home run game or, you know, something like that, because I'm sitting there thinking that, you know, oh, I can play these matchups and it's no problem. And there's really not much of a difference in the matchups, actually. And they just go with the wrong player. You see it all the time. Yeah, no, it's obviously I mean, injuries can sometimes create that chaos where you are playing the matchups, but you hope that it doesn't come down to that. You definitely hope that it doesn't come down to that. Look, what did I just say about Dakota Hudson, dude? You yeah. know, <laughs> son of a bitch. He son looked good in the bitch. had a good first inning. Slider looked good, and uh, I guess uh, not in the second. Right. It's just you know all in one fell swoop, right? I mean, what a douche. But <laughs> this is why it's so tough to be like watching games and having games on while while I'm I'm, I'm podcasting. Um, let's talk. Who, who else is off to a super hot start? Let's, I'm going to go look at, uh, at the, at the stats pages right now and figure it out. And we'll find out from Adam Ronis hot starts that he believes in hot starts that he doesn't believe in. Uh, we'll do that. I'll just tell you what, we're going to take a, a quick time out here while I get to the page and, uh, and we'll pay some bills and Adam Ronis and I'll be right back after this. All right, here we go. Adam, it's time to start playing. Do you believe in some of these hot starts? Uh, Steve Kwan, obviously the star of the show here, but let's take a look at some other guys out there who uh, may be producing uh, reasonably well for their fantasy owners. And uh, we'll start off in the power department here and look at some home run hitters. Adam, you know, let's, I'm going to start with the Yankees. I'm going to start with Anthony Rizzo. Right. Like, you know, it was, you know, suddenly Anthony Rizzo became the uh, he was the the consolation prize for the Yankees for missing out on uh, Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman. But right now, I mean, it's hard to argue with the two home runs, six RBI uh, looks pretty good. I mean, he's hitting 250 right now, but I mean, that's not going to last. He's going to bring that average uh, back up. I mean, he's doing this with a 125 uh, BABIP right now. Do you believe in Anthony Rizzo? It depends what you're expecting of him. Like, I don't, I don't think he's anything special. You Tell know, me what I, you're expecting of him. It doesn't matter what anybody else out there 20, is expecting. Twenty five, twenty five hormones and a two sixty average, and he doesn't run. So there's nothing great about that. There is nothing great about that. It's just it's it's middle of the road first baseman numbers. Right. So again, it's not anything that's going to separate you or win your league. It's you know, decent player. I mean, he's not. He's not the 30 homer guy that we saw. He hasn't done that since 2017. Now, will Yankee Stadium help him a little bit? Sure. But, um, you know, I don't see uh, a high average anymore either. He used to be 280s, 290s. So, you know, 260, 25 home runs. It's something that you're fine having there as your first baseman if you've got your big power and stuff like that covered in other positions. 
Yeah, I mean, preferably you want him as a corner infielder, but you know, maybe in a 15 team league, you got him as your first baseman, and that's fine. Possible. All right. Um, outfielder slash first baseman, Colorado Rockies. I'm just talking about where he qualifies. But right now, Connor Joe is batting 313 with a pair of home runs, three RBI. Oh, look, he even threw in a stolen base for you. Do you believe in Connor Joe? Yeah, he was a guy that I drafted late in a few leagues, including Tal Orza. And then I was just a little bit concerned about his playing time. But uh, we're seeing him lead off again tonight. Now that is against a, a lefty. So but the fact that he's in the lineup consistently, to me, is a good sign. Um, again, I don't think you're going to get anything uh, great, but as someone that you probably got as your fifth outfielder in a 15 team league, uh, I like the ballot for him there. We saw last year he finished the season strong. He gets the playing course field. So, uh, yeah, as a fifth outfielder in a 15 team league, I, I like him. I mean, we're pretty much going to sit here and talk about the middle of the road players here. I'm not going to ask you if you believe in Nolan Arenado. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you believe in Byron Buxton. I'm not going to ask you if you believe in George Springer. If, if if somebody out there is listening to this podcast and they want us to talk about whether or not we believe in those guys, I mean, it's not really, you know, that that's not really moving the needle in fantasy help, right? So you have to look at the the lower end guys who have some potential, who, you know, and, and just to categorize them. With, you know, is this a guy who has enough upside that you think he can be a difference maker? Is is he not? Andrew Vaughn, right? So we just heard from Chicago, at least that uh that that Rick Hahn said it, um, that Andrew Vaughn, who he would not trade away for uh for Frankie Montas, um, who's now batting four hundred with a pair of home runs and six RBI, is going to be a full time uh corner outfielder for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, obviously off to a great start right now, being told we're going to get some at-bats. Is this guy a difference maker for you? I still worry about the playing time. Uh, they can say all they want, but he just sits too much. So, you know, even with the Pollock injury now and everything, like he was not in the lineup today, right? Yeah, he wasn't in the lineup today. Like why? Um, I don't know. Who'd they face? Did they face a lefty? No, Matt Brash. Ooh, I wouldn't want to put anybody up against Matt Brash. Yeah, I mean, they had Gavin Sheets in there today. Well, the DH Grandal and Sheets and right. Did you, um, did you, have you, you follow Pitching Ninja, right? Yeah. Did you look at all of those, uh, those, those videos of Brash? Yeah, today? he's got the nasty slider. I mean, solid start, oh. five and a third for it's two runs a walk, six Ks, 85 pitches. Uh, he did take the loss, but yeah. Um, yeah, it looks really good. And we saw it. His stock just started to rise as we got closer to the season when we knew he was going to have a job. Yeah. Oh, and I was uh, I was very much in on that. Yeah. That, yeah. I was a little bummed that they uh, that, that he got saddled with the loss there from the start, because, I mean, you look at the way this dude pitches. It's it's fantastic. I mean, just the breaking stuff is sick. Um, there was one where it was like, yeah, where, where pitching ninja was like, you know, like wiffle ball movement, uh, on the ball there. I'm, I'm excited for him. He's definitely a kid who, uh, who I'm excited about. I would have hoped that the, uh, the Mariners had given him a little bit more run support, especially against Vince Velasquez. See, there you go. 
There's a good start out of Vince Velasquez. Do you believe in him? No. <laughs> no. <sighs> Thoughts on Jesus Sanchez, the uh, the rookie center fielder. The the Marlins actually sent down Brian De La Cruz because he he did have options, but they were more inclined about getting Jesus Sanchez's bat, uh, you know, into the lineup regularly and having him patrolling center field off to a nice start here. Does, uh, does this rookie have the upside for you, Adam, to, to want a roster? Uh, he's not a rookie second year player, but yes, uh, I do like him a Did lot. Did he get enough at bats to qualify as yeah, a non-rookie two, now? 251 plate appearances last uh, year. What a bummer. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan. I drafted him in a lot of leagues, you know, a little concerned about the plate discipline and the injuries, but he had 14 homers in 64 games last year. So I, it's, I think there's legit power here. I think he hit a 25 to 30 home run. So, yeah, I believe in him. Uh, not just because of the start. Uh, again, I drafted him in uh, multiple leagues. He's definitely someone I was looking at in those middle rounds. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, let's see. Who else do I want to go and look at? Mm. Hmm. Is there anybody out there, Adam, that you're looking at that people are asking you about who you're trying to warn them off from? Um, anybody getting overly excited about somebody? No, nah, I mean, really, Quan is the is the guy right now, I think. I think he's the main guy. I mean, I, I believe in Seiya Suzuki, who went two home runs again today. Yes, he did. I mean, we all knew. I mean, there were probably people who were hesitant because like, oh, I don't know. But I was fortunate to get him in one of my last drafts in the NFPC online championship. Um, he was a guy that I was not targeting actively, but I wanted him and it just didn't work out. It was always someone taking him earlier and uh, finally was able to get him in that draft. So what, what round did you get him in? Um, let me check. It's a 12 team league. Um, I know I had him ranked right around the. I think the 30 to 35 area of outfielders, I believe. Um, so I, hopefully the subscribers got him because I probably, depending on the software, you know, he might not have, uh, I don't know where he was ranked in those in the software, but. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, he was, he was, he was kind of buried a little bit on RT. That was definitely for sure. I got um, him in um, round 13 of a 12 team league. Round 13 of a 12 team league. All right. That's a, that's a pretty good spot. Where did, let me see where I got him uh, in the FSGA draft. Cannot remember where I got him. Say a Suzuki. Cause this is a 15 teamer round 11. So comparable to where you were. You know, the funny thing is, is that I was, I was all excited about the fact that, you know, my drafts at all, you know, we're, we're taking place relatively late. I mean, not, not tout and labor, but the other drafts that I was doing, because while the helium on Bobby Witt was bringing him up to like the fourth and the fifth round, Suzuki wasn't getting that kind of helium this spring. Right. Like, I mean, I think at one point he was probably like a like a 14th, 15th rounder. Right. And then in, in like a 12 to a 15 team league. And and then he got the, uh, you know, even after he signed, then he got, you know, the spring happened and he, and he was, you know, signs with the Cubs and 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 here we are. And you know, then he bumps up a little bit, right, to like where we're looking at taking him. 
but it never really it never really spiked like Bobby Witt's uh, helium took him. And uh, and and I was able to grab Suzuki in a couple of different leagues, you know, in that same area where everybody else is like looking at, you know, Akil Badu and Lourdes Gurriel and Jared Kelnick, right? And I was like, ooh, Suzuki, not bad here. And that's definitely paying off dividends. Uh, listed as a rookie, but I mean, how old is this dude? 29? I thought it was 27. Huh? Let me see. I'm not sure offhand. Uh, he is 27. 27. Okay. You know, like that's the thing, you know. He's got good plate discipline, man. I watched some of his at-bats. He just sees the ball so well. Um, you would hope they move him up. He's been hitting fifth, sixth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a nice start for sure. And, yeah, he never, he just didn't get the hype. I, I don't, I'm not sure why. I guess because people worried about how the numbers would translate coming over. But, I mean, he was clearly the best player over there. So, you know, he obviously – only a few games, but it's what you want to see. Really good start adjusting to the major leagues. Yeah. Well, I think our, our imports from, from Japan have, you know, they've gone through like these really real highs and lows, right? Like I remember um, Kazuhiro Sasaki when he came over and he was with, closing with the Mariners and psyched. He looked great. Ichiro, obviously an historic career. Hideki Matsui, the power. Uh, translated somewhat there. I mean, it wasn't as great as it was in Japan, but then we like, you know, then we kind of went through like that run of Japanese players who just really never, just never blossomed. Like we didn't, you know, it just, it never happened for them in the States. You know, you're uh, trying to think Keiagawa, Tsuyoshi Shinjo, right? <laughs> Some of these guys, Kaz Matsui. Yeah. <laughs> Like all of a sudden, like, so we went through that, that run of like, eh, and then all of a sudden Shohei Otani explodes on the scene. Right. And he's just, he's just, he's phenomenal, which by the way, and, and he's also got a phenomenal sense of humor. You see his, uh, see the video of him giving his bat CPR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he comes in here and then, you know, so it's, it, but it's the same questions over and over again. Well, you know, is it going to translate and this and that? And I gotta tell you, man, after watching what Shohei Otani has done, I, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was impressive. So I wasn't going to let Suzuki pass by. Yeah. I'm just happy to have him in one league. Wish yeah. it was more, but you know, at least I got him in that league and you know, that's a pretty important league. So hopefully he, uh, continues to, crush it and because uh, he is the favorite for the NL rookie of the year. He is. Well, you got to sprinkle. I mean, what was it? I mean, last I saw, I think it was like plus 230. Yeah, something like that is what I saw last too. What's that? Yeah, that's similar to what I saw, like plus 250 or something. I haven't checked in a while, but I know he was the favorite. Yeah. Jesus Lazardo with 10 Ks through four and a third. Holy shit. Yeah, that's wow. yeah. I drafted him in a lot of leagues, although I have him on the bench in Talc, man. That uh, hurts. I have him in labor active, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I was oh, make that uh, 11 Ks. 
Wow, man. That's... Yeah, his velocity was up in the spring, and I think I saw tonight he was hitting 99. So, you know, uh, again, those are the type of guys to take late, right? Someone, prospect pedigree who struggled. Uh, even when he went over to Miami last year, he wasn't great, but yeah. left-hander with good stuff. And, you know, he was so cheap, man. I, like a lot of my draft champions leagues, are, he's getting them for nothing early on. So, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, this is not a situation like last year where I saw Carlos Rodon in the street. I just took him and said, all right, because uh, most of the times I got him was before the spring. And he started to move. He really moved up in the NFBC based on his spring, man. I was like, whoa. So. Um, trying to see here. I don't think I have him in this league. Where did he go? Oh yeah, he went in uh, round twenty of a twelve. I think I was. Yeah, I was going to take him, and he went one pick before me. But I think even in the main event, he went even higher. I'm pretty sure it was like twelve, thirteenth round. I'm gonna check and see mine because he really moved up uh, based on his spring. You know, people started to see that velocity up, and it went crazy. Um, all right. Well, see, you just gave me the uh, the inspiration for tomorrow morning's article. Uh, where is it? Come on, man. Uh, how about that? Is Jesus Lazardo this year's Carlos Rodon? What do you think? Is he closer to Rodon or is he closer to Robbie Ray? Both? I mean, Ray won the Cy Young, so I wouldn't say that. <laughs> All right, oh, so he went in. Okay, he went around fourteen of the uh, the main event. Sorry, patient strikes. I just I gotta I gotta type. We <laughs> did I did I get him in TGFBI? I don't know if I did. Um. All right. Tomorrow's article titled ready in the books is Jesus Lizardo this year's Robbie Ray. Okay. Let's settle down. Maybe just say Carlos Rodon. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. Oh, see, look at that. that. That means that means I can sleep in for an extra 10 minutes because I don't have to think up a clever SEO friendly title. I figure with 11, with 11 strikeouts here for uh, for for Jesus Lazardo, 12. Sorry, I'm sorry, 12. He struck out Brandon Marsh to end the inning there, and uh, and now it's five innings, one earned run, <laughs> 12 strikeouts uh, for Jesus Lazardo. Holy shit! Yep, that's insane. Good thing I had him on my bench. Uh, you know what? I don't have any shares of him. I have no Jesus Lazardo. That makes me sad. <sighs> I mean, I mean, it makes me sad for today when he goes three innings and he gives up seven earned runs and has one strikeout in his next outing. Then I'm not going to be so sad. That's uh, certainly possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's always possible. Um, I mean, he's facing this, you know, this punk lineup, right? Otani, Trout, Rendon. Yeah. Look, he already gave up a hit to Jack Mayfield, the cleanup hitter. I saw that too before. I was like, I was going to tweet out Jack Mayfield cleanup. What are we doing? And then the dude, it's a triple. Dude, we're going to end up with, with a lot of these guys right now. There was some other lineups I was looking at that. I was like, who the hell is this guy? You know, like that, that opening part of, um, 
of, of major league when they're like reading off the roster and they're like, who the fuck are these guys? I feel like I was looking at a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hitters doing that. Where was the other one? Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Probably Arizona or Pittsburgh. Oh, some, something shitty like that. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. Well, uh, any thoughts about Wednesday's action? I haven't really, uh, I haven't really dived into the slate at all to talk about best bets or anything like that. Those will be out in the, uh, in the is Jesus Lazardo the next Robbie Ray article, uh, the fantasy baseball roundup that you can find on fantasyalarm.com. I'll have my best bets in there. Um, anything changed on your thoughts on, uh, on NBA? No, leaning Atlanta and the Spurs uh, getting the five points. Right on, right on. And uh, and are you excited for the USFL? No. <laughs> you? No. No. I was like, I was listening to uh, to to Jeff Manns on the uh, Elite Show on SiriusXM, like right before. Uh, I was on and he was he actually said these words actually escaped Jeff's lips when he said, man, I was going through offensive lines uh, in the USFL. I was getting excited about that. I was like, there's zero chance you were really getting excited about the USFL offensive lines. Like, I just can't do it. I did it for I did it for the Alliance of American Football. Right. Uh, and, and and it was just it was terrible. I, I did it for. The XFL, I tried to get, you know, some, you know, work done for us for, for that. I, I just, I can't do it again here. There's just, I, I just don't see this, this league lasting. Do you? Um, no, I mean, I haven't really looked into it. I'm just not interested. There's too much, there's too much going on. It's baseball, NBA playoffs, even NHL playoffs. There's just too much going on. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. When are the games? Sunday, Saturday? I think there's one on Saturday, three on Sunday this week. They're supposed to be oh, doing it, it where this week. Yeah, this oh. weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna spend my fucking Sunday watching that shit while baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm you know going through Fab and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the funny NBA part playoffs is- too. Come on, man. I mean, I get it. I know there's people that don't like basketball, but fuck that. Dude, I would I I would watch a fucking badminton tournament before I'd watch the USFL. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> the guys who are playing in the badminton tournament are fucking amazing at badminton. Okay. The guys who are playing in the USFL are not good at football. If they were good at football, they'd be in the fucking NFL. It's the same names over and over again that like people are are, are getting excited about. And I'm like, why? Why? Bug Howard is not a wide receiver I want to watch on the field. It's just not. But yet he's one of those, you know, big shining stars of of the USFL. It's not. And and they don't even have a deal with the NFL as like a developmental league either. Like there's shit that's in contracts that prevents these guys from, you know, playing the fucking NFL. Yeah, I, I haven't even looked into all that. I'm just not interested. I'm so not interested. I'm really, I'm, I'm not. 
I'm, I'm glad that you're not here because I was deathly afraid that like when we were going to record on Monday, you were only going to want to like sit and talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was a big concern for you. I was I was very worried. I was very, very worried. So now that now that that is alleviated, well, I can uh, I can rest easy and go and enjoy the rest of my night. Um, you got any final thoughts for the fantasy baseball folk out there, Adam? Uh, early games on Wednesday. So set your lineup if this oh. is out before then. But there's a lot of day games on Wednesday. There really are. Yes. 1 p.m. start is uh, is when it all starts. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, no, I think there's 1230. 1230. Yeah. Oh, man. See, you know what that does? Do you want to write the daily roundup for me tomorrow? I have to do a video for Yahoo. Oh, you're such a dick. Never help me out when I need it. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right. I got to get up early. There are three games that start at 1230. Well, 1220 to 1235. Salmon on the beach. That sucks. A lot of daytime baseball. I guess I'll just get up like super crazy early and then just sit and watch it all day. I guess that's 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 what's in, in store because of basketball at night. Yeah. Oh, and just as a, as a heads up warning for everybody, uh, Monday, this coming Monday, next week, April the 18th, is Patriots Day in Boston. So you got that like 11 a.m. Eastern, I think. What's that? I think it's 11 a.m. Eastern. I 11, 11 a.m. Eastern. Yep. Boston hosting the Minnesota Twins. So. Always that's that's one that always trips people up and they always end up screwing up their weekly lineups because why is the early start and they make a mistake. Yeah, I always remind people I try to to. Because some leagues, what is it? Lineup blocks at first pitch, which is stupid. First pitch of the week. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. It should be first pitch of the individual game. Well, I agree with that statement, Adam. Unfortunately, there are some platforms that just won't get on board with it. Yeah, a little too old school there. Yeah. <laughs> so old school, you actually need a dial-up modem to play on their site. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go because I'm going to go and watch the, uh, the Cardinals game here and cheer my boys on and hope that they... Um, I just need him to uh, to win this game by two. That's all I need. It's top of the fourth. It's tied 3-3. I think we can do it, Adam. I think we can. Fingers crossed. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. All right, that's going to do it for us here uh, on the Annie Up Podcast. Big thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Howard Bender for Adam Ronis. Catch you next time.